Welcome to Load of Balls, and it's the end of the review show, and I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Poland, Pete McGrath Jr., and Mark Fitz. Lads, it's really not the show that we wanted to do. Um, for half an hour watching the game, it was all guns blazing. We were getting ready for the Donegal match. I was getting a report ready for um, how this down team might, might cope with Donegal, but... Unfortunately, lads, it's it's not the way it's panned out. Um, you know, from cruising in the first half to, I think it was called a collapse. You know, how did we get ourselves in this position in the first half and in the second half? Then, how do you feel that the game panned out and the way it was left? I suppose, probably it's it's. You know, I'd like to come to you first. You've actually been on the other side of that where you were chasing a 10-point deficit, I do believe. I think I was talking to Michael Kern and he was saying, Monaghan, was it you were playing? Yeah, 2012. Um, I don't think it was 10 and a half time, John. I think we um, we got a penalty right before half time that day and quite ironic again that it was in our mind. It was actually ringing, ringing through my head yesterday. Mm-hmm. I put a tweet out about down one for the throat and that's why I did it because it brought me back to that game and, you know, tactics, everything go out the door and that's exactly what happened to Calvin yesterday. Down, give him a peep. The penalty probably should never have happened. Ball should have been caught and dealt with. Um, and once you give a team who have already come back from quite a deficit down a sniff, then their tails are going to come up and then it just went route one. And the closer they got, to me, there was only ever going to be one winner, especially with the chances that the down team were missing, you know. So first half, I haven't seen a down team play as well as that there in a long time. It was just uh, absolutely exhilarating. It was brilliant to watch. Um, the question was, could they keep that going? Truth been told, probably should have been in a half time with a bigger lead. Those chances, goal chances especially. Um, the one that sticks out for me is young Pierce Lavery going through and played Jerome in when maybe he should have committed the defender and went on himself. Played the pass too early, in my opinion. Um, Jerome ended up getting blocked down, goal chance gone, and then there was obviously goal chances in the second half. One where the ball was played across, and I think Connor died that it took it off the PD. Probably didn't know it was there. Um, and we had other chances of maybe knocking the ball over the bar to maybe take the sting out of the cabin, sort of come back at that stage. But look, hugely disappointing. Um, hugely disappointing as a supporter. But as disappointing it is for us, we you can only imagine how the players and the management feel uh, today too, you know. So um, look, it probably harps back to not gaining enough possession from our own kickouts. I think today at read that Cavan won 86% of their own kickouts down, only 152% of theirs. So that tells its own tale. And 
Um, it's, it's probably a hard one from stomach. Like, and obviously, it's a, it's a big thing that they need to work on going forward. They're out of the breast and, you know, up in Division 2 next year as well. So they're going to have to they're going to have to sort that issue out. Well, we've seen it. We've seen it a couple of times, even in the Down Championship. You know, teams that have have big leads. You know, it's just it's a hard team talk to have, isn't it? Like, what does a manager say? You know, it's, it's you know, is it a way of saying, "Oh, just keep doing what they're doing," because you know, it's a different game then. If you know what I mean, the other team are going to change their tactics. So, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to cuteness. I think it comes down to experience. You saw on Saturday, Donegal had a lead similar as well. Armagh came out, I think they maybe got the first score too. And then Donegal took a sting out of the game, you know. They they kept ball. They um they probably didn't come away from the way they were playing. The one big thing yesterday, I was surprised that when Down were leading Cavan were pegging it back, Down were very open at the back, you know. Um was there any defensive cover there for Patrick? I'm not sure and full back. He was sort of hung out to dry a wee bit. Um and we were actually speaking about how defensive Down had been in the previous week, you know. But look, it comes down to this, John. If Down had a nailed one of the scores they missed, we wouldn't be talking about yeah. checkouts. We wouldn't be, you know, we, we wouldn't be listening to all the stuff we've listened to today and read, some of which, which is completely over the top. And you see, when it gets personal, that's when I have an issue with it. Like, them players were out there and did their best yesterday. And unfortunately, things didn't go away in the second half. And as I say, nobody would be feeling bad as they are today. No, it's it's funny, Fitzy, like, you know, you have these forums out there where you can use different names, but whenever I ask for comments or anything out there, now, fair play to people, you know, they have put in um, their questions for us, and I'll, and I'll go through it, but, you know, it's an easy, it's an easy cop-out, isn't it, to, to write something, like, you know, on these forums and that? Yeah, you know, you're, you're faceless on them, and you can, you can post what you want, but, um, and you can post as much lies as you want to, and, and criticism on it's they're not nice places at times, and I'd probably say most most players avoid them and don't pay much heed to them. But um, look, you're you're a senior inter county player, and you're, you've that elevated status, and with media coverage and with the passing and the likes of down, you know, you're going to be discussion points after games, you know, win, lose or draw. And I think the players, you know, know how to probably shield themselves from a lot of that, and um, not not try to take it too personally. But as Polly says, when it goes. When it starts getting real personal and goes beyond the limit, um, we don't want to see that. But thankfully now, um, I, I think those forums and all them, boys will stay clear of them because they're just full of you know, faces trolls. So. <laughs> yeah. But see, I suppose, like, you know, it is football. Like, if, if there ever was a, a game of two halves, it was it was this one. Like, you know, down were absolutely flying. You know, Liam Kerr was, you know, it was a masterstroke, um, you know, taking off the defender and playing Liam Kerr then. You know, everyone was applauding it, and then the second half, just you know, maybe they they retreated a bit too far back down the scene. You know, I watched I've watched the game a couple of times now, and you know there was a hot ball even um in the, I can't remember what minute it was now, but you know there were seven down players around that hot ball. Um, Cabin won it, but whenever Cabin won it. Down players retreated then at, a, at, a, at an alarming pace back to their forty-five. Whereas they had the men up there, you know. Yes, there was there was down were still winning by two or three points at the time, but you know that was an opportunity. You weren't out of position as such. Like you had the you had the players there to press. Yeah, I actually remember that uh, moment in the match. But 
that was the best first half display I've seen from down in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And it was as close to perfect as you can get. Like taking up that, you know, hitting one five all to two men, obviously hitting the, the one five and getting that good, strong start. But see, at half time, you would have went in and you're sitting there with that lead, with one nine to not four. And like, you haven't worked at all at the races in the first half. And like, you know, Paddy Holly's probably sitting thinking they're not for home and drive, but we're very close to be in, in in that position because like I know it's a sport I, was looking, I, I thought there was no way we could lose it at half time I thought this is down and got this yeah. and my god that, that was probably one of the biggest shocks I, I've seen at that level of football in a long long time in terms of the magnitude of a comeback I did not foresee it and it was for dues to Calvin that mm-hmm. was just and Mickey Graham after you just see this is what we're about we just this is what we do and but I did not see it coming, and I it, it would have been tough for management at half time. Do you go, do you sit back that wee bit more, try to protect the lead, or do you keep a kind of middle and sort of uh, formation and, and try to keep it steady with the scores coming? So you're in a tricky position, but I'd never foreseen down losing that lead at half time. No, uh, Pete, the, the startling thing with the Calvin second half, then, um, you know, was their width, um, they kept it wide, and plus their pressing. You know, they were hunting in packs then. Uh, there's some um, shots of the of the kickout from Bobby's kickout as well. And the goalkeeper, Cavan's goalkeeper, is pushed right up on, on Donald O'Hare as well. So that gives them an extra man. And Gerard McKernan then has the chance then to go left or right. You know, if that kickout you know, isn't isn't placed inside the 45. Like, you know, did Cavan abandon everything and just say, this is it? Or was it a game plan in such as, you know, we can attack this down, down kick out? I think it, you would have to give them the credit of saying that it was something they probably discussed at half time and consciously made the effort to change. Um, if you were being critical of Cavan, you would say that as poor as down were in the second half, they were as bad in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you were looking at Cavan harshly, you would say they were poor in the first half against Monaghan. They were poor in the first half against Antrim, and they were poor again in the first half against Down. Um, what it is that's actually causing those poor first halves, they'll have to get to the bottom of. But I think their their strong second half actually began just before half time because they got the last two points of the first half. The second of which came from a free kick, which came off a down kickout, and that just would have given them a little bit of belief because there's a psychologically there's a big big difference in going in ten points down and going in eight points down, having got the last couple of scores. Um, interestingly, the water breaks didn't seem to change the momentum on Sunday as they have in other matches that we've seen over the year. It was the traditional halftime break when things really changed uh, because the t- at the time of the two water breaks in each half the team who was on top sort of continued in that vein um, but obviously in the second half as you say Cavan pushed up on the down on the down kick out and down weren't able to work a short now that to my mind generally doesn't come down to the goalkeeper if you're going to get short kick outs you need movement in front of you from the defenders you need three four boys each time making runs creating space finding space and the keeper then just to pop the kick out into that. So when people talk about down not having a kick out plan or not having a kick out strategy, I, I don't really buy that. I think it just comes down to that Calvin were on a bit of a roll, 
maybe the defence was rattled, but that's when you need your leaders and your team to stand up and say, right, well, hold on, just settle it. We'll make our couple of runs. We'll make sure we get our hands on the ball from this kick-out. And that's where the likes of Darren O'Hagan, Darren would really have missed on, on Sunday because he would have been the calm head in there. He would have been the man telling the, the two or three other defenders when to go, where to go, and, and just to make sure Darren got their hands on the ball at times when they really, really needed to. And that just wasn't there. And that allowed Talon to build momentum. And when the lead starts chipping away and chipping away and chipping away, as Polly said, the longer the game went on, even at 50, 55 minutes when Calvin was still a point or two down, you thought, you know what, Calvin's definitely going to win this game. Well, yeah. I just want to bring it back. So we're going to start of the first half. As you said, you know, down were absolutely flying. Marquee footballer. And it was the marquee players like... Jerome Johnson, who was who's down player of the championship, really was was on fire. And you know, I think Martin Clark was saying it was the the performance that down supporters have been waiting for. Jerome, do you think that tackle at the end of the first half had a burn? Then, you know, it sort of just seemed to take in the, the you know, the wind out of out of Jerome. Then, you know, you know yourself after getting a tackle like that, it takes you a few minutes to, to get over it. Um, you know, but his play in the first half was was exceptional. Yeah, it was. It was one of the. It was probably one of the best individual displays you would have seen definitely this year in the championship. I think he kicked. Did he kick not five in the first half? I think he maybe had three or four points over the bar within the first eleven, twelve minutes. Um, I initially I had thought that he had done serious damage, doesn't he? It looked very, very innocuous, but. Not long after he got back on, he actually sprinted basically the length of the field to chase somebody down or to track a runner in the second or in the end of the first half. So obviously he was all right. Second half performance, Calvin just tightened up basically, and he didn't get into the game as, as much as he did in the first half. So um, look, he lasted the 70 minutes, um, and as I say, like it just shows you the fine margins. Uh, down had have won that game, he probably would have walked away with the man on match board. Um, but obviously that wasn't the case in the end. So um, great display in the first half. And it's just disappointing that we won't see that again this year. As what do you think was the platform for Downs? Such a good start. Um, there was much said about Calvin playing five weeks in a row. But, you know, it just Downs seemed to attack them at every single opportunity. And they were coming from different angles all over the, over the place. And Fitzy, I suppose... You know that that you know it was much to do with Mooney's running from from midfield as well, um, and even the platform from our own kickouts in the first half, you know that 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 we were getting. Yeah, we, we were actually pretty good on the kickouts in the first half, but down just watching them those first five ten minutes, they just played the band and, and the pace was the big thing. So when you boys coming in to start that game, they were fresh. And you've seen it in the legs. And um, it seemed to be any time they got the ball in the middle third, it was running up. And Mooney's runs just seared through the middle of them. Name Kerr was at it too. And it was simple getting through. Calvin had absolutely no answer to that pace. But there's a problem with that. It was great in the first half. But you do, it, to sustain that for 70 minutes, and when you're relying probably Kerr and Mooney to do that, that was just going to be a wee bit too much of an ask. And Mooney did go quieter in the, in the second half and Kerr was obviously taken off but I think it was the pace I think that was a big big reason for success in the first half was the run at the pace 
the smart movement, but don't underestimate either the influence that Paul Davin had in that first half. Mm. Yeah. And see, see, probably if you watch the game back, Davin, some of the passes he was putting in, now not big 40, 50 yard passes, but we think passes plus him getting back to help out his defence. And that's an unsung work for Paul Davin. And he was, I thought he was critical of that first half. Drum Johnson obviously with the scores, Kim Doherty was looking lively. But it, it was the pace, I think, that they brought to that, especially that first quarter that really had Calvin on the back foot and set the scene for the rest of the half. Pete, just a, a, um, as Fuzzy says about Paul Davlin, it was it was a great performance in the first half for him because, you know, down played it well. They were, they were coming up the wings, playing it inside and allowing PD then just to pick out them wee pockets for Jerome. And... You know, do you think that that was a burn as well? The Calvin says, you know, this might be a tactic of, of getting tighter to PD as well. Well, certainly there, there would have been that because in the first half, as Fitzy says, Paul was pulling the strings. The, the point that Jerome scored from the mark was a brilliantly worked score because Down had the ball inside the 45. Devlin came out, came on the loop to outside the 45, saw Jerome in the wee pocket of space, dinked the ball in, you could see that that was a, a, a pass with two players who had a very similar wavelength. Two players know each other's game. And it set up a, a simple enough score in the end from the mark. Um, he scored three points as well, Paul. One from play, one from free, one from 45. And I think probably him coming off ultimately was a big moment because not too long after he was taken off, Down got a free on the, the right-hand side, suited a left foot a free taker. Uh, just outside the 45, which Jerome took and had to force a bit, it would have been a more natural kick for Paul Devlin. Um, uh, and maybe that, you know, when you lose the game by a point, they, these small, small things all add up in the end. But yes, certainly he was key to Down's first half in terms of creating, not so much um, necessarily all the time, but when he was on the ball, he was able to allow other players to find space and has the accuracy and the coolness and the know-how to pick those passes and unlock defences, and it was certainly instrumental to the way Down started the game. As Down were, were picking the right passes, they were doing the things, they were taking the, their men on and laying off at the same times. You know, it, it was a joy to watch. The second half then, it was a total reversal. Boys were snatching at, at, at you know, shots, they were taking the wrong options, they were loopy passes. Don't our Poorly, I suppose whenever you're looking at, you know, was it a case of we just need a score to settle the heads? And was it a case of, you know, any, any, any way he's going to do it? You know, the, the game plan sort of went out the window, you know, the forwards attack. Yeah, um, I think we're just squealing at the TV just to just give us a score here. Just give us a score. <laughs> Um, no, I was anyway. Look, there was there was there was times that you know, and Daniel Guinness from three one time two, and I was squealing at him to slip the ball inside. I think it was Dolan coming off his right shoulder, and he turned to the left and gave it to Big Johnny, and he was at a narrow angle and he missed it, and it was just it was just going the longer this is going on here, you know, the least the less confident I was getting, but Calvin tightened it up something shocking in the second half. They were basically doing what Down did to them in the first half. You know, they were turning the ball over and then they were countering very, very quickly. And as you say, like, um, if we had a go at least one or two scores, I still think Down would have won the game, you know. But just fine, fine margins. And um, 
like as I say, the big thing is they learn from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it'll be great to get into an Ulster final. Um, we just have to be thankful that we got any football this year. Like we're hugely disappointed about the way things unfolded yesterday. But I suppose as hard as it probably will be for players and management to think of a look at the positives today. They're back in Division 2. They're going to be playing better opposition next year. They know what they have to work on. And hopefully they'll have boys back. Like, I was I was going through our team there from the 2017 Ulster final. Like, the turnover players from down teams past few years, and even going back to what we were playing, it's, it's been astronomical. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Donegal teams get boys and they stay, and, you know, they're able to work on things and build on things. And I just hope Down can do that and get the likes of Darren O'Hagan and Connor Harson and Daryl Hamlin and... Now McParland and these guys who are away and get them back in and push the thing on even further. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, it's just it just seems to be a change over players constantly every two settled sort of panel as such. You know, so um, look deeply disappointing again. Like, but we can't do anything about it now. We nope. just have to take take whatever we can out of it and move on. That's it. I suppose that, like as you said, you know, for a pair of Calvin, they got their tactics right. You know, the, the, they brought on Connor Madden. Um, you know, he had some wonder scores. He actually got mal the match. Um, they, they moved Callaghan up to full forward as well. Um, you seen Dermot McCabe on the sideline, you know, demanding the direct ball in. Because teams now are, you know, they seem to be susceptible to, to high balls now because of an over-reliance on a, on a sweeper, you know, to, to, to cut out that through ball. Yeah, see, see how balls like um, they're not really part and parcel of our game anymore. And when a team does come up against it, sometimes it's a bit of a shock to the system because you know I'd say most teams at training club level aren't really working on a high ball in. It's not really a done thing anymore. But look, I thought in the first half, Groyd McKernan, I actually called it last week that Johnny Finn was going to pick him up, and he did, and he, and he nullified him that first half. Let's um, see. Do you think the yellow card maybe you know stopped him? <laughs> Maybe blocking runs and all that there for the in the second half. Of course it did. I was going to say that that was the turning point because Johnny Flynn, you know, he was having he was getting a wee bit edgy with the Karen and that, and I think it was working. But again, he had to he had to bring it back once he got the yellow card, and that's obviously going to have an impact on how he played the Karen. But Madden coming on superb, kicked three points. That Gallagher, some player, he, I thought he had been coming in from midfield and into the four lane and switching in and out. And I thought it was a masterstroke how they deployed him. But see around that middle third, see Brady and Clark. Yeah. They had put them in horses game, especially the second half. And I said, that second half, they just get grew in confidence. But I think we need, like, as much as that implosion of down in the second half, we need to give credit to Calvin. It was mentioned, a lot of that Calvin team were winning, was three or four Ulster under 21 titles in a row in the last decade. And also, there's pedigree there. And... There was seemingly you broke it down, like you know, from Podrick Faulkner at the back up into McKinnon, you know, those boys, there's quality there, mm-hmm. and that's a good Calvin team. And and I know Faulkner, they don't... Faulkner moving into midfield as well, had a big, big burn on, on proceedings. Yeah, and he, he played like a man possessed. So, if you look, if see if you look at it, and you stand back and you look, you know, that is a bloody good Calvin team, and um, you have to laugh as well, like the fickleness sometimes is for but uh, down people saying, you know, giving up, getting beaten on this is. So would you want to play Nostra final anyway? Sure, it's Donny Gall. Like, <laughs> that is the fitness out there. But down definitely, you want to be in that Ulster final. You know, two Ulster finals, space three years. That's, 
that's a brilliant development curve. And uh, obviously, at this point, we're not there, but give credit to Calvin too, because I think that's a, that's a good Calvin team. Um, Pete, I'll, go, I'll come to you, but Polly, I suppose I, I'm going to pile on a wee bit of pressure here. Pete, is it important for Down to start winning at underage now, you know, under 17s, under under 19s, under 20s? Do you know, is that is that the next step for Down football, do you think? Um, you could look at it that way and make an argument that it is. Um, well, like, the big thing is keeping, getting ways to under 20 level anyhow, because it's a step closer to obviously the senior ranks. And I always go back to that whenever we were under 21, we played in all our finals in 2005. And the seniors and under 21s were actually training together that year. We were always in the same band, you know. We weren't training together. Mm-hmm. You're obviously at one half of the pitch and they were at the other. And Paddy would have been calling to certain boys up to join in the senior training. And we would have been playing in-house matches against the seniors. And we were in an environment that we were basically doing what we needed to do to get into the senior squad. And that carried us through. Um, I think people... people underestimate the difference from under 20 level into the senior ranks and they also underestimate the difference between club level into county football as Danny spoke about last week and that's the thing where yesterday I was surprised to see Sheehan coming on before the legs of Ryan um, because it is a massive massive step underage success I don't think it has any particular particular effect on what you do at senior level mm-hmm. We need to get our best underage players. We need to get them developed. We need to get them in tune with what it takes to be a senior inter county footballer. Because if they aren't when they come out in the twenties, it's going to take three or four years. As I said to you, it's like you're doing your apprenticeship. Whereas if they're in and around a setup, they're doing the work. But they have to be persistent with that too. Like because a lot of the times I would see lads not getting a chance after a year, and then they they throw the towel in and. They, they go on to pastures new or whatever. So it's, it's a hard one. Like, you know, obviously if you're successful then, you know, they say success breeds success mm-hmm. and you want to push on and that way. But every young lad on those level, whether it's 17 or 20, should have aspirations to play for them at some stage. Like. Yeah. Pete, um, do you know, how do you, how do you see the, the landscape of, of down football at the minute then? You know, <clears throat> well, just on that, I, I agree with Mark that yes, in terms of underage football, the number one objective is to develop players to be senior footballers. That is the number one objective of underage football. But I would caveat that by saying down need to start winning something soon. Because in the last 33 years, down have only won six Ulster titles at minor under 21 and senior. Two minor titles in 87 and 99. Two senior titles, 91 and 94 and two under-21 titles, 08-09. And I think those six are down only also six Ulster championship wins in the last 33 years. And for a county of Down's pedigree... We won an under-21 in 2005. Seven. Well done, Colin. <laughs> That's the magnificent seven. There we go. But still, seven titles in 33 years over three grades is 99 chances to win an Ulster title. Mm-hmm. And down have only managed seven. Now, for a county of our standing, our pedigree, and the quality of footballers that down produces, that simply isn't good enough. And that is something that needs to change, and it needs to change soon. 
Um, it probably wouldn't have changed this year if Down got to the Ulster final because we're probably not ready to beat Donegal yet. Anyway, um, that's some people might say that's defeatist, but realistically, Donegal at the minute are possibly capable of even beating Dublin in an All Ireland semi final. So that's not being negative or anything. That's just realistically assessing where Down are at the moment. But there needs to be a plan in place to deliver an Ulster title for Down in the next three years at some grade. We need something to, to generate the county to get a feel-good factor going, to get positivity into the thing again, and to give real a real sense of hope and direction that this actually might lead somewhere. Because for too long, that's been absent in down football. With the, the under-21 titles of 05, 08 and 09, and then obviously that led into the senior All-Ireland run 2010. And, you know, since that, it's been bland. We got, okay, the seniors got to an Ulster final in 2017, but even that came out of the blue. You know, they're neat. And we spoke there now. Sorry? 2012 as well. Yeah, I know that. But... <laughs> <laughs> you lost again, Polly. So it's... <laughs> no, no, I know 20, but 2012 was still in the back of the 2010 team. The po- 2017 was a new, a new sort of generation, if you like. But the point I'm coming to is that Cavan who have now been in the last two Ulster senior finals, mm-hmm. they're building on those teams qualifying for Ulster finals and winning them at under 20, under 21 grade. And successful players who know what it takes to get... Now, yes, there's a massive jump to becoming an under 21 player to a senior player. But when you've had that success and you've brought those teams together and through, you're obviously doing something right and down need to start planning for that very, very soon. But see, you know, they're, they're down south to play. Um, is it is it junior? They have they have a junior championship. You know. Yeah, no, an all Ireland junior. Yeah. You know, that's something that down maybe should be looking at. You know, because there, maybe there is a gap between boys who are twenty to twenty four who, you know, as Paulie says, you have to do your apprenticeship. But if if you're a fella who's twenty two and and you be you're sort of demanding that you're that you're part of the the senior setup. Why am I not playing, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Whereas, if you do your apprenticeship, you know, at that junior level. Yeah, I think the way that all Ireland junior works. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this if, in the previous calendar year? If you haven't played senior inter county football, you're eligible to play on your county's junior side. Now, there's no uptake as far as I know from from Ulster. Mine Calvin did used to enter, but um, I, I don't think that's um, it's. It's not a very important competition. I don't think there'd be much legs in it for Down, to be honest. But um, not. Uh, but I'm saying is from from the fellas who are come, just come out of under twenties, that you know they're not they're not getting the game time with the senior team. But there is potential for them. Then you know maybe a, a years of strength and conditioning, two years of strength and conditioning with with proper you know coaches. Yeah, well, I, I, I can see looking at that. I, 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 think, I don't think that would ever come to fruition in Down, but it could be an avenue to explore. But um, I'm throwing my hat in as, as manager, just fits it, you see. Pardon? I'm throwing my hat in as manager, you see. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a few pounds, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't know. Um, there's not enough uptake across the island for it, and I, I don't think it's that um, prestigious a competition. But I can see you're thinking of it, maybe. But, you know, I. I I do think what Poli says is it rings true because you look at other counties and the more established counties, you never know what their starting 15 is going to be year in, year out for a longer period. Seeing down, you're sitting 
Somebody said one of them, wonder who's going to play with Ireland this year. You know, I wonder, geez, will he play this year or will he not bother? And the, the, there's way too much of that in Darren. It's sometimes, and again, probably the, we don't get a settled panel. And there's too much, you know, in and out for various reasons. And a lot of boys quit down panels as well, you know, maybe not getting game time. And that's one thing needs looked at. Um, as well, I think we're paying the price. Our record at under 20 recently has been really bad. And I think that's a more important age group uh, than people give it credit for. And Down's record at that level has not been good of late. And that's stepping stone there. I would like to see us improve at that level big time. Paulie, uh, you know, you've been about, when did you make your, your debut for, for Down? I think we spoke about this already. It was um, a championship game against Lego in 2006. What age, what age, what age were you then? You, can you remember? 20. 20. So you've seen some amount of players you know, in and out and you've been involved with different managers and that. How, how, what's it like in, inside the squad whenever you know, boys leave and then coming back? And you know, is, it, is, it upset, is it you know, upsetting for you? As, as a you know, try and get that squad harmony, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? The older you get, the more it sort of bugged me a wee bit in terms of boys who had come into the panel and obviously had potential, and then maybe when they weren't getting on of that, they would clear and then they would come back again, maybe if they were after the year. And you know, like as Mark says, they're like, I don't know that happens in too many other counties. Um, frustrating, like. You need to hang around, and you know what? Maybe the split season, if it does happen, mm-hmm. club county, maybe that will help us. Who knows? But um, I just hope that look, there's no doubt in the quality of that their panel, and I just hope to stick together and stick at it and keep everybody at it because if there's more chopping and changing, we'll be waiting longer. Yeah, yeah, Pete. You know, um, how is Down going to get to this next level? Then, what changes would you like to see brought in? You know, there is so many positives, but what sort of short-term fixes would you like to be seeing brought in? Well, I don't, I don't think there's any short-term fix. I think it has to be a, a longer-term view taken on something like this. Um, it has to begin with proper work going in. It has to begin in the clubs because at the end of the day every player starts in their club um, and gets their foundation coaching in their club from say 6 to, to at least 14 or 15 if they make it down development squad um, I think there needs to be if, if Down are going to persist with development squads which seem to be the way things are going at the moment, I think a call needs to be taken and they need to be taken seriously and there needs to be uptake from every club because if there's not it just becomes a waste of time really Um because half of the players who are there wouldn't be there if the full uptake was was happening or whatever. Um, so resources are going all sorts of ways that maybe they either don't need to or where ultimately you're not going to get the benefit of them. So it, it, do, it is going to take a, a long-term strategic plan. But in the short term, how do you best, best fix what's wrong? You do what the boys have been saying there. You... You really have to get in 35 players to your senior panel who are committed, who aren't going to walk away because they didn't get on in three or four games, who aren't going to walk away because they're they're training and think they're going well. You know, generally in a county team, if you're not playing, there's one reason for it. And the reason is you. 
you're not good enough at that moment in time. And that is, you either have to work harder in training, you have to improve your game, or you have to just keep your head down, work until your opportunity comes, and then you got to take it. But to get that opportunity, you have to be prepared to stick it out. And as Polly says, it mightn't even be it mightn't even be in the first season. You could train a whole season and get no game time. But it could be that the next year, maybe you get a twenty minute cameo and, and you come on and you if you're a defender, you have a couple of brilliant tackles, or if you're a forward, you score a couple of points and you start to get an inroad. And I do think that the modern player, maybe I think it, across the country, I do think more players leave squads now than would have done 10, 12, 15 years ago. And I, I put that down to the the people who are now 20, 21, 22, ever since they have grown up, everything has always been immediate for them. You know, if they wanted information, they pick up their mobile phone and they Google it and they have it in 10 seconds. Anything they want, they're used to getting immediately. Whereas, you know, you go back to when Polly was a child all them years ago, you had to wait for certain things. It's not like you, you actually <laughs> Whenever you were a young fella, pigeon, pigeon messages. <laughs> But pigeons are safer than WhatsApp, aren't they? Um, but but seriously, if if players are used to having to wait and work for things, then there's going to be that durability and that stickability there, uh, which which unfortunately now with a lot of younger players coming through doesn't seem to be the case. Very good. But see, you know, we got a a message through from from East Belfast asking about um, divisional teams. Play in, play in the championship so that uh, players can get play at a higher standard and maybe be looked at for down as well. Um, I'm never a fan of, of trial matches for um, I always hated them anyway. But you know, do you think that's a runner to have uh, a divisional team? I remember there was one a couple of years ago. If you if you remind, funny this goes back. I remember having a conversation with a club member from Dundrum, Eddie McKay, who was goalkeeper in the down team in 60 and 61. And Eddie told me that the basis for a lot of down success in the 60s was based on a thing called the Barney League. And he says back then you played for your club, but you also played for your Barney. And Dundrum were located in Lakeale and there's Kenilardi and Ivy. And I think there's maybe four or five Barneys in down. So you got picked, uh, you went... You played for your Barney, and that's when the down selectors at minor and senior level were watching these games. And that's how they picked a lot of their county teams through this Barney League. So down, I know Kerry have had for a long time now their, their divisional teams up. Down might have been ahead of the game in terms of the 60s, and I know Morris Hayes, uh, God rest him, was a big proponent of it. But I think down have had it, and that's going back 60-odd years ago, but... 2011, um, there's ASK Lakeel entered the senior championship. Pody, I think they played Longstone. We played them in Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. It was our last song, Cleep. Now, at that time, Cleep would have been this, very much the strongest out of those three clubs. And um, they were made up most of the team. Now, Longstone beat them. I think it was comfortable enough. But um, there's a man, Donald Graham St. Paul's, a great Gale, who every year you go to county convention and he... He would be pushing and pushing for the the county to look at these this divisional championship, but it did. They, they, you know, they looked at it in 2011, and nothing really happened after. But I personally don't think it's the way to go here and down. I think we can generate more positivity from other areas, but um, works for Kerry, but I'm not just sure with down. Paulie, how would you like lining up um, alongside a, a good and wreck man for a morning team? Did you play in that morning team years ago? No. 
No, weren't they? It was before your time. They played Bransford in a the whenever Bransford won the county county championship. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, I think I might have been too young. Yeah, yeah, you were. There you were. They weren't team hammered them by all accounts. But um, how would you yeah, like that? Yeah, we get the handy enough more team. I just don't know what way it would work on that. Mm-hmm. Like, the, where does it come from? Like, because the way you look at it, some of the clubs that are in Division One and Division Two come from really, really small areas, and um, I, I just don't know what way it would it would work. Um, in terms of who comes together, yeah. um, how many players they're allowed, can they chop and change? Like, I, I, I don't know. Look, if it would benefit down football in any way, then I would be, yeah, let's try this. But I just don't know what way it would work. And um, I'm sure that the clubs probably wouldn't be happy with it either, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the clubs who put huge work into maybe getting from intermediate football into senior football and then maybe coming up against teams with uh, superior numbers. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a tough one. Like, it's, um, uh, I don't know what way it worked. Look, yeah. in terms of finding new players and that, there, I think the, the sort of things we live in now, that if, if there is a player down around the lower leagues and that there, you're going to know of that person and any county manager will probably be taking them in to see what they are like. So, um, I think they were asking, would it be worthwhile and unearthing, you know, new players? But, um, look, I don't know. I, I would probably agree with Fitzy in that. I don't think it would sit, sit down. I, I agree with Polly there, John. See, see this here, you used to get this. Um, county managers, managers don't look beyond Division 1 and there's such and such a player down the leagues. In the past 15 years, there's been two players on Division 3 and 4, Paul McComiskey at Dundrum and Conor Harrison and Glass Drummond. And the standout a mile and had, and everybody knew about them. See this trying to bring in a divisional structure and divisional teams into and earth these hidden gems. In today's age, we all know who the top players are. We know who yeah. the players in those bottom grades that are county standard, and they are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what down would gain from going with a divisional championship. I don't think it would be purposeful enough for us. Pete, it seems like a logistical nightmare, but do you think that, you know, East Belfast were saying they're maybe um, exploiting players to higher standard as well might bring them on not even just for club, not even for county football but just themselves to, to go back to their clubs yeah there, there's certainly look if you play at a higher level for a consistent period you're certainly going to improve because you're coming up against better teams better players and you're forced to improve Um. The logistics of it are difficult because if you have, say, a three-club amalgamation, who manages them? Does the manager favour the players from his club over the others? There's when, when, and where do they train? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much that goes into to that. And then, of course, the thing is, even in Kerry, if the the regional divisional team wins the championship, they can't go on to the provincial mm-hmm. series because it's individual club only. Um. The East Belfast point was, as police has raised, about unearthing players, and I don't think it's the way to go. Whether you could look at, and again, if, if we go to a split season, it's going to become more and more difficult to do this kind of thing. But if you had over the winter months, now I know there's the under-20 competition, but maybe for the, for the say, any club who feels they're not ready to enter under-20 team, 
you could maybe have a winter league of divisional teams for maybe the lower, smaller clubs. Um, because generally they're the ones who won't have the numbers for an under-20 team. So it could give their senior team maybe a little bit of winter football and you could look at doing some kind of divisional thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be easier, but then come come the springtime, they're back to their to their sort of individual selves. So, uh, look, it's not something that, that's easily organised or easily pulled together and it would require an awful lot of thought. But, look, we've said how little down have won for the last 25, 30 years. So, yeah. Something needs to be looked at. Something needs to be done, and, and any ideas should be welcomed and thoroughly investigated. Yeah, um, I think we we'll maybe tend to be a wee bit pessimistic here. I thought like we're we're, we're maybe kicking the ball from an Ulster Championship final, and you know we can maybe overanalyze it a bit here too. Like we we are showing we got an Ulster final in 2017, and we're close this year. And um, we're a good young panel of boys come back in, so. We're in Division Three football next year, so we can sometimes get way down into an over analysis of our failures. But um, there's a lot to be positive about too. But again, briefly, I don't think our divisional championships a gore. Um, I think our setup at the moment's grand. It's it's maybe more to do with our links through our under 17s, under 20s, which I would maybe focus on a bit more. So East Belfast, there you go. You've no chance of uh, getting your players up to to any divisional games there from. It's been shut down from, from our convention. Um, <laughs> boys, big year for, for down in the club scene as well. Um, you know, I suppose we'll not know what's happening until, until um, you know, lockdown and all that there happens and um, when the games will be fixed for. But um, the, it's not a split season to 2022. Would that be right, Pete? If it, if it goes through at all, as far as I know, right. yeah. Right. So when's it when's it being decided upon? I assume that would be a GA Congress. Is it is it done this year or, or starting next year then? It'll it usually occurs in the winter, but obviously this year mm-hmm. logistics will be more difficult. It'll have to be done probably via uh, some kind of online forum. So I, I'm not sure what their logistics are or what date it's set for, but that would be something that will be coming up either next month or two or, or certainly very early next year. Good stuff and poorly. There's word of um under 17s. Any word yet about for January or no, anything like that? Nothing, no, nothing, nothing yet. Um, I suppose it'll all depend if the south come out of their lockdown. Um, there was whimpers that we could potentially get back, hopefully, training in the next week or so, right. and then. The plan was hopefully the first two rounds, maybe a quarter final and semi final Ulster Championship. If we got there before Christmas, um, it would be great. Like, um, still tonight holding out for some kind of hope there. And to be honest with you, I, I don't see the issue. No, no fingers Currently, crossed. You know, yeah. the way things are going. On. Yeah. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed. They'll give us something to look forward to. Boys, thanks, thanks a million for for you know coming on the show for these weeks and. You know, I thought we, we, I was excited to get an Ulster final, but sure, look, these things happen, and as I say, we'll learn from it. Um, we'll get you back on poorly for um, during the year to see how you're getting on your new role. Um, all the best for it. Um, I'm sure you'll we'll be successful. We'll see how it's going, first of all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll be a success. Hey, as long as you don't play as ever first. <laughs> well, Brian. Nice, nice, easy one to start off. <laughs> Pete, all the best for the year. I'm sure I'll get you on again. Um, you know, whenever to see how how the Super Reds are going, and you know, 
um, your take on, on other matches in the division. So thanks very much for that. And Fitzy, of course, you'll be joining me as always. Um, grilling the, the next guest. So, you know, thanks a million for all your help this year as well. Much appreciated. Um, all right, lads. Thanks a million thanks for, that. for that. Thanks to you, John, as well, and to, to everyone out there for, for putting up with us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a million. All right. Right. Pete, I'm going to let you have the last word on the, on the podcast. Um, you, know, you promised me now this this poem. Did it, did it come through? Or, or... I always deliver them promises, John. <laughs> All righty. Take it away. To you and Danny. At two o'clock on Sunday, with down eight points ahead, everything looked rosy for the men in black and red. We dared to hope and dream again of an Anglo-Celt success. Such was the performance of our lads and the way they had impressed. But as well as things had started, they were sadly soon to turn, as the cavalry from Cavan showed dead stamina to burn. And what a second half they had to earn another comeback win. And tough as it is for Down, we must take it on the chin. Next week is the Ulster final, where Donegal and Cavan play. But before I wrap this poem up, there's one thing I want to say, which is, I read a pair of predictions on Saturday in the Irish news. And unfortunately, Armagh and Down succumbed to the curse of Danny Hughes. So we look forward to his column in this week's Irish news, because whoever Danny goes for will be the ones to lose. <laughs> there you are now that's for you Danny Hughes so Pete good lad <laughs> also Danny I thought you predicted um, Armada losing this show last week so I think you were just covering yourself were you <laughs> I look forward to your answer <laughs> on that note right good luck <laughs> thanks a million <laughs>